Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And there is something we need to talk about. It's old news, but we have not talked about it yet for some reason, so I think we should. Which news is this? Uh, so apparently, people on the internet, I don't know, people, you know, people. People. People on the internet. Oh, uh, that news. Decided that Twilight is the worst film ever made. Shocking. And that infuriates me, because that's wrong. It, yeah, it's not the worst film ever. Now, let's be clear. Twilight is not a good movie. And I thought we had all always known that it's not a good movie. Like, I didn't think that was a yeah. hot take. Yeah, so it's it's not... And it's yeah, it's not a good movie, but it's not the worst movie ever made. There, it's not even the worst like Twilight movie ever made. It's not like it's not even the worst Stephanie Meyer based movie ever made. That's the host. I was gonna say I've not seen the host, but I imagine it's the, the host. host is real bad. The thing with Twilight is there are some real cool, compelling elements. Yeah. Um, Anna Kendrick's character is cute. That scene, the thing that redeems Twilight forever. Is a the great romance between uh, Billy Black, yeah, the dads, the, the dads, the dads, and Charlie, yeah, and two that baseball scene. Also, also, we live in a world with like Suicide Squad and, uh, and Ghost like, Game, Ghost Game, and a talking cat. Like, really, what all that uh, all that survey proved is that Twilight is the most well known least liked movie and that's the thing there are some movies that are so bad that you don't know they existed yeah because that's how bad they are yeah i watched a movie of with, with like an uh it's like the, these kids are to school and they're go i think called the asylum uh their places their school is also an asylum and the ghost is like torture them this ghost which apparently is stopped by a door being closed and he's like ah oh, can't go through this door naturally he's also, he like this old bondage gear wearing ghost it's real bad yeah, that doesn't sound great. All the characters, it 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 sets itself up kind of like how Cabin in the Woods sets up all its characters. Like here are their uh, stereotypes, except it doesn't do it <laughs> except in for a it's serious way. <laughs> except for it's very serious. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just thought we'd bring that because we did do a review of Twilight. Twilight is not the worst film no. ever made. It's not a good film. It's not a great film. It's just sort of a movie. And it got a lot of buzz because teenage girls just want to believe that someone hot is lusting for them from afar. Yeah. it, And that's okay. That's fine. That's what all... You know what? Every teenage girl should think that there's someone secretly in love with her. <laughs> that is a great way to go through the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a bad way to think about things. You should all think there is someone who is so in love with you that they can't be with you because they will love you too much. I heard someone critiquing that by, by being like, oh, well, she's just lucky that uh, Edward was a good one. I'm like... Well, yeah, but that's the reason why it's a book. Well, that's the reason why it's a fantasy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if it was a bad one, it would be a horror movie, and there are horror movies like that. Yeah. The opposite story does exist. Like, I look at people like, oh, yeah, but if this story was different, it wouldn't be the same. <laughs> Touche, yeah? my friend. That is true. <laughs> All right. Good take. <laughs> good take. <laughs> but we're not talking about Twilight. No, we're talking about our New Year's goals. How are your goals going? Oh, um, I made no goal, no, um, like, set out goals. I'm just sort of doing stuff. But it's going pretty well. So we had two short stories. I've gotten a lot of writing done. That's good. Yeah. How I about did, you, Aaron? I did spin twice. Nice. 
<laughs> that was my goal, wasn't it? Spin once a week? I think it was. I mean, I have other goals. I'm a very organized, challenge-oriented person. Yeah, I mean, you're doing, uh, like, two things this month. Oh, yes, and there will be three starting on January. Okay, so you're doing no spend 14. January. No spend January, which I just got, like, trapped into from Facebook somehow. Interesting. Uh, but what, to help with that, you also are doing uh, Sober January. Moist January. What is... Nope. No? I meant to call it Misty. Okay, that doesn't explain it more. Well, you know how there's, like, dry, which is when you don't drink. Oh. And there's wet. So, so what you're doing is just a January where you drink less. Well, it was going to be dry January, but I had a situation come up... In which someone invited me out for a drink, and I realized explaining dry January would lead to this person telling me things about myself. And you know I hate it when people tell me things about myself. Anyway, I just want the option that if a special situation comes up in which there is a special drink involved, I could have the drink. What's your third thing you're doing? Oh, well, starting on January 14th, I'm going to do the Fit Girls Guide Challenge, which is just a meal plan. Okay. But I like it when other people tell me what to cook and make a meal plan for me and make a shopping list for me. (laughs) That's fair. And tell me how to prep it on which days to prepare what things. Makes my life a lot easier. No, that's fair. That's fair. Sorry, I'm still stuck on this thing. Let's just do our show. Are you still stuck on me calling it Misty January? Yeah, I'm gonna. I came up with no, nah, whatever. Is it also the fact that I said moist because I didn't want to say moist? <laughs> yeah, moist January is a very bad thing to say. I very specifically was like, you can't say moist. Don't, don't say, say moist. Don't say moist. And then with all the energy you could muster, you're just like moist. It's like no, that's the opposite of what I want. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get into the OC. So this is season two, episode twenty, the OC confidential. The OC confidential. Which I guess is a twist on LA Confidential, which I haven't seen. Which it's it's not. This is not that. So, but do you think that's what they're going for? I feel in the like title? it. I feel like if they did that, they, they should have called it OC Confidential rather than. But every episode is the. Oh, you're right. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think they should have called it the Lying Game. Uh, they could have done that. I think. Oh, I I came up with, I also came up with a title in the middle of it, but then I forgot immediately because I'm like, there's no way we'll talk about that. And then we are, so. Maybe it'll come to you. You can just shout it in the middle of the podcast. People will like that content. That's true. That's true. Um, well, hey, so we start off, as many of these episodes do, and I'm actually beginning to like it, uh, Breakfast Time. Breakfast Time in the Cohen household. Uh, so, an indeterminate amount of time later, which will become more determinate as we go on. No, it becomes more indeterminate. It makes less and less sense as time progresses. Yeah. I, we talk a lot about time because time is a thing that we all deal with on a daily basis. Uh, and I think this episode has made me want to stop. <laughs> this seems like it's the next day, but it, it's not. Yeah, because Seth and Ryan are having sad dinner, and Seth's like, hey, Ryan, uh... I bet this must suck, you know, you believed, in, you didn't believe in Trey, then you did believe in Trey, then you didn't believe in Trey again, and then you did believe in Trey, and then drugs. And Ryan says, no, 
this one time I was right. He didn't do it. But Ryan, says Seth, how do you know? Because I saw it in his eyes. He just wanted to save Marissa. And I know what I saw in his eyes because I was about to tell the same lie. (laughs) I think that that Trey was just faster. (laughs) It would have been better for Ryan to tell that lie. It would have. But that great moment when they're both like, I'm... (laughs) I'm clearly going to have to lie to save this girl. <laughs> I'm going to have to incriminate myself to save this person, which is such a crazy specific family thing to and be they a thing. Really should have just let Marissa get arrested cuz Sandy Cohen could have gotten her out of oh, that easily. arrest. Oh. Like probably 30 seconds later. Yeah. I'm Un- a l- Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it turns out that Sandy has been working since whenever the party was. Yeah. Not last night. Yeah. I guess. Last week, we last learned later. Week, Trey has been sitting in detainment yeah. for a week. But Sandy got him off, but he's not... Oh, no, really he got him off. out. Sorry, got he got him out. out. Yes. Um, but he's not confident on, like, you know, actually being... Like, he's not... Sandy is not hyper-confident right now. But you know who is hyper-confident? Ryan. Yes. Ryan gives his brother a hug, which shocks his brother. <laughs> yeah. And then Ryan immediately gives that pool house up. To let Trey move back in, because Trey is under Sandy's custody. Yeah. I I like that, the, that Sandy's like, oh, well, I mean, like, he admitted these things. And like, hey, on, Cheryl Blossom can stand up in front of criminals and be like, I killed my brother. No, no, not that way. But he can't pull back his. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess he's not, he's he's, not a Blossom. He's, he's not rich, and his parents are not siblings. <laughs> That's true. That's where he messed up. <laughs> if only his parents were related. So Trey sadly wanders out to the pool house. Sandy wanders off to, I guess, get his law going because this is the one law he's going to do. Yeah, this is the, also the, this is also the cut the only law that he's like, I know how to do this law. This is my law. This isn't random law. Someone was like, Hey, you can do law. Yeah, this is his law. So as those two men slump off into their futures, Ryan stands up. And he lifts his arms to the sky, and he shouts, The O.C. must rise again! Yeah, Ryan's gonna find out the truth. And Seth offers to help and never does. Well, Seth <laughs> gets distracted. Yeah. Immediately. We'll get there. So, uh, we get some facts out of this next episode. There is a wine tasting uh, that Kirsten's like, Oh, I guess I can't go to the wine tasting because, you know, now Trey's living in our pool house. And you can't go. And then Sandy's like... I think the wine tasting sounds great. You should go to the wine tasting. But then but then Kirsten learns that, because Carter's also going to the wine tasting, and then Sandy reveals that Carter was going to invite Aaron to the wine tasting, which makes Kirsten just be like, I don't want to go to the wine tasting. I really don't want to go now. Sandy, now it's a date. There's a lot of talking in this, in this moment <laughs> that are just like, okay, so let's just summarize this. Kirsten is not going to the wine tasting. Carter is going to the wine tasting. Sandy is not going to the wine tasting. Carter's going to invite Aaron to the, to wine, the wine tasting. tasting. And Sandy really wanted to go, but now justice. Now justice needs needs to be done. Mm-hmm. But he but he also wants Kirsten to go. Because he wants her to have fun? Because he loves Carter. He loves Carter. <laughs> really, because he loves Carter. <laughs> So over at the uh, Cooper Nichols house. It's been a week, and Julie Cooper is still really chill about that party. Yeah. And Marissa, I guess, has grown steadily more suspicious (laughs) over the past week. Why aren't you punishing me so I can rally against not being punished? Against being punished. And Julie finally admits, look, Caleb's coming home tonight. 
I don't want Caleb to know about the party. <laughs> so if I punish you, Caleb knows. Also, I think secretly somewhere in the back of her head, she's like, I can't punish you, Marissa. You'd never follow it. <laughs> like, true. every time she's like, Marissa, I punish you. Marissa's just like, fine. And it just leaves. <laughs> and so Julie has eventually gone to, what's the point? Whatever. Now, Julie we'll all be also dead soon. shares way, way, way too much with her daughter. <laughs> where she, When she informs uh, Marissa that Caleb might not come back from Italy in a good mood. So she might have to have a special party. A party. For two, at which one Marissa is like, oh shit! It made me wish more and more that like there's you saw hints of this in the first season where where like Julie's thing is that she wants to be Marissa's like friend friend, but then that quickly got like sidetracked to the point where she really does want to be Marissa's mom. And I kind of wish more of Julie just <laughs> wanting to be Marissa's friend because Marissa immediately does not like, want to be Julie's no, no, friend. No, 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 no. And insists that she has to stay over at Summer's house because um, she might accidentally tell Caleb about the party, <laughs> and not because she's afraid of the sex. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of Summer, she's still upset at Seth. They've all just been holding on to this for a week, by the way. Everyone's just been stewing. Yeah. Okay. Let's say maybe the party was on a Friday. Maybe it's Tuesday now. Um, like it took Sandy an entire work day to get Trey out. That would be reasonable. I, I, no, because what Carter says later is he hasn't heard from Aaron in a week. Oh, you're that right. is what I'm basing all of this off of. He's the only one who gives a time, which is that I have not heard from Aaron in a week. And actually, all of this happens on what, like, this first bit happens on what's probably a Thursday. Yeah. Because the next day they get no. There's a lot of parties. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's been a week. Okay. Yeah. So some are still upset at Seth. And fortunately, Zach is there to discuss it. And Zach's motives have become... Increasingly unclear. <laughs> and increasingly not within his control. He's not doing anything. Things are just happening around him. And he's just kind of like, oh, excellent. And fortunately, Zach has been in the OC for too long. And his sweet nature is becoming slightly... Cor not corrupted, but like tarnished. It, it does feel like he's souring a little bit. Th there are some little cracks happening. Yeah. However, Summer has been indulging her rage in a word of the day calendar. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, I guess, a healthy way to do it. She doesn't have that cult anymore. Exactly. It's gone. Yeah. But uh, Seth arrives and he brings her a flower and a ticket to death cab for cutie. Which is a huge bad yeah, pull, to pull in. Real big deal. Even in 2005. And they don't even have Alex. <laughs> no. So he's super excited, but Zach's like, whoa. Well, you know, Reed gave us uh, some notes on the comic well, book. and Well, Reed liked your draft. She, like, she loves it. And then Summer goes, oh, that means this comic thing is done. I'm like, Summer, that's not how it works. <laughs> now it's taking off. Summer doesn't know how things work. She is 16. Anyway, um, so she loves it, which means she needs to give notes because that's how, how you do. That's how you, you make it. a thing that's... that you like better. Yeah. Although Zach explains it as saying, that's how they exert their creative authority. And I'm like, Zach. That's no. 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 But even okay. If, even if you like it, you have to do, things change between publication and. Yeah. And yeah. notes make things better. But yeah. Reed wants them to come to her house. Yeah. Tomorrow after school to give the notes. She wanted to do it earlier, but they're in school. So Seth, they need to be, you know, we need to be really respectful well, of they're, her. They're, they're already working around their schedule, which is. Man, we're going to learn so much about this publishing house, which is insane. Yeah. Like, wow. I will say, I understand it's 2004, so, like, they can't have a Skype meeting. I'm not really sure why they can't have a phone meeting. 
Um, it, it becomes clear later that, comic this, book. that, and also they're meeting. It becomes clear later that they're meeting multiple people, and the meeting is not just with Reed. And it's all and all. Yeah, essentially they're meeting face to face with a new guy. So Seth can't go to Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah, Summer is free and raged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, but he says he'll like. I'll just come there after the meeting. It'll be it'll be fine. It'll be fast. And now for crime solving with crime solving music. First, Marissa is very self-deprecating. She's like, you should have just let me get arrested, which is true. Which is true. And also, turns out, it's not Seth who's going to be helping Ryan. Seth is not going to be Ryan's buddy cop. It's Marissa. Marissa. Marissa's Ryan's buddy cop. Because it turns out that the dying girl goes to their school. And is fine, which is the, my first indication of, like, this can't be the next day. Yeah, she's good. <laughs> she comes in. She's all beautiful. She's and... shiny. Her hair flips. And, uh... Marissa points out Kyle Thompson, uh, <laughs> the most meat-headed man in there. He's, he essentially is like proto-Luke. And he Ryan, wants to be Luke so bad. Ryan responds with, whoa, I've never seen that man. <laughs> Ryan, you've been going there for a year. Well, you designed the burning thing for the water polo pep rally. I, I think it was almost like a, like a side note of being like, yes, he is a character who has not appeared before. <laughs> but he's always been here. Don't worry. I think because he looks a little bit like every other water polo person. You're just supposed to assume. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, he's there. And then uh, Jess, which is the overdose girl, apparently is dating him. Yeah. Yeah. And their relationship will get increasingly weird. So uh, Marissa's going to help out with all this because against all odds, Marissa's still cool? Marissa's still cool. Um, Maybe. I, well, no, it does take her a little bit, but she uh, she's like, oh, no, I, I can, you know, I can help you out with this. Uh, and then as they walk by, she goes, hey, Jess. It's just like, hello? <laughs> and that's step one. That's step one, which I'm like, good job, because that is a good step one. Marissa really, like, Marissa kills it at this teen detecting. Yeah, like... Where was this for anything else she did? She's like Betty level teen detective. Yeah, because she put she 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 starts a report early by making Jess think that they're friends that they're friends, and then whew. very good good social engineering. That's what she's doing. So we have a short scene where Carter has grown such a beard in the past week. Well, he's been stressing because Aaron never called him back. Yeah, so apparently he invited her to the vineyard immediately. Yeah. And she ghosted him for a week. And then said, I don't think that we should see each other anymore. So I guess Kirsten's sabotage worked. Kirsten's lame, lame sabotage. Yeah, and then, and then, so, then he's like, all right, well, I guess it's just me and you then. And Kirsten's like, I can't go. <laughs> like, Kirsten, so you stopped Aaron from going with him. And then you're like, no, you should just be alone. And you know he has a problem. She, but like, but and she's they, supposed to be his friend. Then they do cut onto her face, and she's like, "Ah, oh, dang!" Like, I want her inner monologue because, because cl clearly, she's like, she doesn't know what she's doing at this point. She's she doesn't like, understand why what, she does the things what, she does. What's happening? What's going on? Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Why am I this person? <laughs> I'm not sixteen. Uh, well, back to Marissa doing some more teen detecting. She goes up to Jess and she's like, "You know." How are your parents? Are they really on you? Because I know my mom was really on me after I overdosed in Mexico. Now, Jess, I know that we both overdosed, and that's something we can bond about. 
two people overdosing in the streets. So since I overdosed, like my mom's really on really been on my case and I'm so out of the scene. Who do I get things from these days? What's your in? Can you help me have fun at parties? Because I'm a partier. And apparently uh, Jess is, she's wary, but she's also a little bit excited to party with the famous Marissa known for her partying, which is true. Yeah. In the first season, there was a part. I mean, that was also more of uh, her friend's place, but Marissa was always there. Marissa was always the center of the party at Holly's house. Holly's house. That's who it was. Holly. What happened to Holly? Mm. Mm. She, she died. With, well, she slept with Luke. And then she died. And then she died. And she died. Anyway, Jess is like, all right, well, catch me tomorrow at Death Cab for Cutie and we'll get you hooked up. <laughs> so there's going to be some drugs taken at Death Cab for Cutie. The saddest band. Who's not hardcore at all. I've never seen them before and now I've seen them. Yeah. And I forgot that all bands in 2004 look like that. Yeah. They all look like your accountant. I, I have a bunch of Death Cab for Cutie uh, albums. I love Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah, I like them. I've just never seen them. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you haven't seen them before. Uh, they look like that. <laughs> I said everyone looks like your accountant, but what I mean is they all look like that boy who's in your math class who will lend you his graphing calculator. Yeah. But it's like his older brother's graphing calculator, and he didn't buy it, and he doesn't really care about math class. Yeah, yeah. That's who all these bands are. So uh, apparently everyone's going to Death Cab for Cutie. Ryan's going. Marissa's going. Uh, Summer's going. Seth is eventually going. <laughs> Trey is real sad. He's not going. Well, he's actually not sad. Well, he's also confused by Thai food. <laughs> because Kirsten gives him a drawer. Like, here, you, you, you're the guest. You can choose what we're going to eat. And he's like, this is all Thai. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't understand what Thai food is. Which, I mean, is, which, which is I mean, fair. fair. But I just more love the fact that, that he's like, pick what you want. It's all Thai. All they eat is Thai food. No other... Skip the dishes, I guess, hasn't come around yet, so they can't just, like, go on and be like, what do you want today? They did order Chinese food once. Are you sure that wasn't just Thai food? I think it was Chinese. Didn't they have, like, Kung Pao chicken? <laughs> I <know>. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Seth wants to make sure that they order him some spicy shrimp meal. Yeah. So that he can have leftovers when he gets home from his terrible party. <laughs> well, no, this is the meeting. Yeah, that's... Oh, right. His this terrible meeting. meeting. Yeah. Um... His, his terrible meeting of achieving his dreams. He goes to Ryan. He says, Ryan, tell Summer I'm coming. Also, give her a flower. It's important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then through Sandy, we learn of the prosecutor, Tom McGinty. The prosecutor is a real, like... He's very conservative. He's very letter of the law. He's a real family man. He's a real down-home... He's got, like, eight kids and six daughters. Yeah. And so, so like... So Kirsten goes... Well, this is good. He cares about family. <laughs> so he's like, no, you stupid person. <laughs> this is not good. He doesn't want a drug dealer near his daughters. And Trey's like, hmm, not only can I not go to the party and I have to eat Thai food, I'm screwed. Yeah, but no, it's time to work on the defense. Working, working, working. Uh, but first. So we head to the, to the note session and the first thing we get is some man. Real there. weird man who gives some real weird notes about how he doesn't like... The key defining features of Atomic County. Yeah, and like what essentially what uh, what uh, Seth needs to learn is that you can be like, no, that's the main defining feature. You can't. Yeah, the point of Atomic County is it's a subversive look at the rich and beautiful. <laughs> also, I, I kind of wish Seth would be like, also, we're on a show called The OC, which I'm sure it's very popular in. 
<laughs> like nine two one zero is very popular in the uh, like the Midwest and yeah. those states. People love that. They want to look at the uh, look at the rich and beautiful, um, and they I, have punching kid. I should say I kind of agree that may like the guess depending on who they're um, advertising for, maybe Cosmo girl should get her power from alcohol. Yeah, yeah. maybe <laughs> not all of her power. He he suggests a sports drink, which also I think works. Um, I would I would say it depends who their aud. I don't know who their audience is. Is the thing? Yeah, is their audience kids? Is it young teens or is it sexy teens? I mean, I'd say even if it was sexy teens, having a character whose power comes from drinking alcohol can be a little bit litigious. Unless that is a, so, we learn he's the, the point. The point is we learn he's a marketing man. Yes. Um, and that's not a marketing thing. That is a law thing. But he mentions it because the lawyers are worried about it. He's David in marketing. Yeah. And he clearly is a new hire, which he, I mean, he also says he's a new hire. So clearly he's just throwing out ideas. But and Seth doesn't know how to deal with them. Yeah. And Zach is useless. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why Zach's around anymore. But Dave wanders off because he gets a phone call. David in marketing yeah. wanders off because he gets a phone call. Reed says he's great. And she's like, he also had the ideal for idea for the party. By the way, we're throwing you a party tomorrow so you can meet all of the movers and shakers and also everyone who's involved with bringing your comic yeah. to life. Animators, musicians, filmmakers are talking about offshoots. I'm like, they're giving these kids the keys to the kingdom. This is... And no one has explained to these kids how big of a deal this is. Yeah. And like, I, it's like Seth can't comprehend how big, like how amazing what they're doing. It's... But it's can't a, you see how – if you were 16, couldn't you see how overwhelming that would be? You think you're going to a meeting to sit down with Reed and get notes? Yeah. And then just, like, a million things get thrown at you. Yeah, but, like – And he's never gotten notes before. Like, no one's given him notes on his work before. Yeah. It, it was just, like, they're, they're, they're getting given just so much. And he's like, I think we should just stop it. Just stop this right now. Which he is overwhelmed and... And apparently they also want to meet Summer. They want Summer there. They specifically ask, bring Summer. Yeah, they need to meet the real Little Miss Vixen. Yeah. Also, I presume, because she's started to feel like, maybe we should bring his girlfriend in because... I met her. I met her. <laughs> I had that whole car ride where she was just, like, punching yeah, she, the she dashboard. Spent, she spent a car ride with that woman. So she knows. Uh, so back at the Cohen house, Trey and Sandy work on his defense. Yeah. And Trey is utterly useless. Yeah. They're trying to unpack the night and he, he doesn't want to admit what happened with Jess, which instantly Sandy's like, well, we have eyewitness testimony. Yeah, you, you have to tell them that you had the sex. Um, though he, he says they didn't. And I I'm inclined still... to believe him. Like, yeah. like, at that moment, I was not. As but, it goes on, I'm inclined to believe him more and more that he didn't have sex with her. Yeah, no, I think they made out a lot, and I think... Well, I like that. I, I think that, that part of that came from the fact that um, Trey was like, well, she has to come back to my place. I'm not having sex in Marissa's house. That's someone else's house. <laughs> That's true. And I stand by. I think she started doing drugs in front of him, and he was like, oh, no! Yeah, yeah. Except maybe in a less lame way. <laughs> He's like, I gotta go. He just sulked out. <laughs> and she was like, oh... All right, so anyway. now we're at Death Cab for Cutie. We're back at the bait shop. Yeah. Alex didn't burn it to the ground when she left town. No, and also I guess they hired someone who's not Trey. Mm-hmm. Well, Summer is upset. Summer also got the flower. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I'm glad we didn't see that scene, but I also wish we did, because I just want to see around me like, sorry, Seth's not going to make it here. Flower. He gave <laughs> gave it to me to give to you. And then she's just picking it apart, and she's upset about the comic book. She's upset about the comic book. She's also upset that Marissa and Ryan are going to abandon her to go find Jess. Because <laughs> she says, as I quote, 
ew, why would you want to hang out with Jess Sathers? She's a coke whore. Yeah. Well, which... Marissa's like, it's true, but... <laughs> it's true, but come on, we're doing crime stuff. We're doing teen detecting summer. Summer. <laughs> Deal with your own stuff. So they leave, and she stands there and sadly picks at her yeah. flowers some more while Death Cab for Cutie plays, and they remind me of the boy in the back of the math class. Yep. And also, like, this is not a band that you do, like, uppers to. This is a band that you do, like, mushrooms or LSD. And then some... you just imagine things. Yeah, yeah. Some sort of hallucinogen or depressant. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Caleb arrives and home. Caleb is the most garbage person who has ever garbage. I think they had to take him off the show for a few episodes because they were starting to redeem him and now they have to stop. Now they have to retract all that they've done. So and they're, they're like, like if we just take him away, they'll forget. Yeah, so they took him off because he comes in as like season one, episode one, Caleb just like walked in the room. Julie's on a bed covered in like In rose flat. petals. Looks beautiful. And says, what's all this about? And then he goes, like, <laughs> what's all this? <laughs> oh, this looks like a scene from one of your movies. So he's been thinking and he's been feeling in Italy for weeks and he thought he could get over the incident, but he can't. The incident that he created. Yeah, he yeah, he knew about it. He made it happen. He didn't care until it was like public. So shut up, Caleb. If he had not beaten up Lance and not taken all of the copies of the movie, yeah. It wouldn't have happened. This is his fault. It is his fault. And Julie did it 19 years ago. This is his fault. This is his fault. Anyway, he has a meeting with his lawyers. And then he and Julie have to have a serious talk. <laughs> what, what's all this Ooh, Caleb. <laughs> My name is Caleb. Anyway, that's the new Caleb. We, we hate him. <laughs> So back in the bait shop, uh, Jess is found by Marissa. No, but first, there's a really, really good line. Oh? So Summer, I don't know who Summer is talking to. I think she's talking to Marissa when Marissa's trying to find Jess. Yeah. But she goes, where other than the bait shop are tickets always plentiful and the band is never too loud to talk over? (laughs) Yeah. The show has never gotten more self-referential than this episode. Well, I also thought thought it was a reference to the fact that Death Cab for Cutie is one of the quietest bands out there. It's real good. Death Cab for Cutie is a band that you can see and also have a full conversation with someone else. I just couldn't let them own pass by. So anyway, Marissa finds Jess. But Kevin, Jess could not get Marissa drugs this week or this day. Because Kyle lost his drugs last week. (laughs) And Marissa clocks that and goes... Like we did, yeah, but in her head because she's got more <laughs> chill than we do. But and all, not only that, the next night where she can get the drugs, apparently they're throwing a party that she's handing out flyers for. Which I'm gonna say right now that comes up later, and I will tell you the moment it comes up. So uh, Jess wants to know if Marissa wants her to put in an order, and Marissa's like, "Yes, fellow youths, of I, which I would very much enjoy the drugs." Please give me the drugs. Give me the order that you are also ordering. I will take two drugs. <laughs> Th- two, two drugs. I'll take two drugs. Is that right the first time? Three drugs? No. How many drugs are you having, Jess? I will also have one more, please. <laughs> I will have one more drug than you have, Jess, for I am a party girl. I am Marissa. Jess. Cooper. <laughs> Nichols. I guess. 
<laughs> Jess, I don't know what my last name is. That's why I need the drugs. <laughs> Give me the drugs. I and that's true. Marissa's never bought drugs. She's been a addic- she's been is been alcohol or just like alcohol prescription. Was she addicted to prescription? No, she specifically did not want to. Take she did the not drugs. want the drugs because Oliver was on the prescription drugs. No, no, wait, isn't that how she overdoses? She took like some drugs. She, and did she steal alcohol? drugs from her mom? I think. Yeah, that's how she did the ODing. That's why she doesn't do drugs. Yeah. She did drugs once, and then she OD'd. Uh, only once. Uh, so Sandy is worried about Trey, but then Kirsten was like, well, Kirsten brings, like, I think the most, like, Brady Bunch answer I've ever heard. It's like, well, that's because Tom, the prosecutor, doesn't know Trey like we know Trey. She He only knows him on paper. <laughs> and like, Sandy's like, oh! <gasps> He only knows him on paper. This show's ridiculous. I could do that. And then he's like, so what are you doing right now? And Kirsten's like, oh, I'm writing notes because Carter's going to need things to refer to when he's getting too drunk on Pinot Noir at the winery. <laughs> and then Sandy's like, well, he won't have time to read notes because Aaron will be there with him. No, Sandy, Aaron isn't going. Sandy's like, what? Oh, man. I really thought they'd get along well. And Kirsten's like, uh, uh. uh. Me too. <laughs> so instead he said he just like, Kirsten, you should go. You need to go. You should go with Carter. <laughs> and it's like Sandy is the least jealous human being in the world. Like, I, <laughs> he just, even though he almost cheated on his wife with Rebecca, he has no inkling that anyone could ever do a cheating. Well, I, I also like that. Like he he's had so much more like interaction with Rebecca that made and like that made Kirsten upset. Then Kirsten's had with with uh, Carter, and he's just like, yeah, whatever. Well, you know what? Kirsten just makes herself upset about all things going on in her life. That's true. All right. Uh, so, meanwhile, Ryan also has to do some detecting, and he does that by inserting himself into Kyle's life. First, he side-eyes him, but then he gets right on in there, and he's like, oh, hey, hey, I saw you at the party. That was a pretty crazy party, huh? Yeah. You know anything about that party? It does feel at the beginning like Ryan is definitely trying to pick up Kyle. Uh, yeah. 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 But then there's some other strange dude comes up and Kyle runs up and like grabs his hands. And then they like run off into the night. <laughs> we never learn what that is. But like the guy comes up and like does like does the head cock and then Kyle runs over. And... I assume the other guy is able to get him drugs. Maybe. <laughs> but he also has a drink. He's also been there for a while. But anyway, Ryan tries to follow him, but then dumb dummy Seth gets in the way. But Seth doesn't really because at the at first he Ryan's doing a good job of using Seth almost as like a blocker to That's true. and then he spy. loses Kyle. But he but like Seth doesn't really stop him. Like he like he pushes Seth out of the way. Seth Seth gives Kyle like half a second more time. Anyway, end of story. Ryan loses Kyle. He doesn't get to see I guess the drug deal go down. I assume Kyle and the other guy have just leapt off into the sea because they go off onto the pier. And they see them nowhere. Yeah. So I assume, yeah, they just they took a running leap into the ocean mm. to do their underwater mm. drug deal. That's the safest place. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you're under the water, <laughs> when you're underwater, cops can't catch you. But you do got to watch out for the sea cops. And Aquaman. And Aquaman. You know. At that point, you're in his jurisdiction. Wet Thor. Wet, yep. Wet Thor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. So Sandy brings Trey to meet Tom. And it goes not well. So we learned some stuff, some facts about the uh, the, the whole 
case. Mm-hmm. So they saw Trey with her, and they, they have the bag of drugs. Now, when Tom first says stuff, it's a lot of circumstantial things. But then Trey gets overwhelmed by this whole thing and bumps himself in and is like, well, check, check, check the bag for your fingerprints. There won't be any fingerprints. No fingerprints of mine. And then, but here's the thing Tom's reaction is like, well, there are no fingerprints at all. And the, who would know that other than the guy who wiped it clean? And I'm like, no, Tom. <laughs> to be fair, I said that Trey said there would be no fingerprints. What Trey actually says is his fingerprints will not be on the bag. Yeah, because he never touched the bag. Yeah. and then But then Tom's like, well, the only per- – but the bag is clean. The only person who would know that is the guy who – Wiped it clean. Who wiped it clean. And I'm Trey's like, like well, no. No, Tom. Lack of evidence isn't evidence, Tom. And, You're a lawyer, Tom. And all Trey said was that his fingerprints wouldn't be on it. Be- and you know how he would know that? Because he never touched a bag of drugs. Which is the most reasonable supposition. Tom. Tom. Anyway, Tom sucks. For now. <laughs> so the, we do get essentially what the premise is, is that Trey was the worst person to take the fall because nobody else there has so much as like a traffic ticket. Mm-hmm. So essentially their idea is like, well, someone has to do it. And I Why guess, wouldn't the bad guy do it? And since he did admit like... He did say he did yeah, it. Yeah, it's the whole thing where it's like, you know. Really, the only evidence they have is his confession. Yeah, yeah. And, Even though he and, recanted. And the, fact, and the fact that he is, you know, on parole. And although he doesn't, I guess he doesn't have any drug Yeah, the, pro- the problem is that, like, it's not, it's not a great case, but I can see how a prosecutor could convince a jury or a judge to, like. Especially if it's a jury of uh, Sandy's peers. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Tom sucks. He sure does. Hey, Aaron. Yeah, hey, Kevin. What are you drinking tonight? (laughs) Um, I don't know why that got messed up. I don't know. What do I normally say? Yes, Kevin? I don't know. I said, hey, Kevin. I don't know. I don't think we usually say the same thing. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I am drinking something tonight. (laughs) Because it's your... Misty January. You did say moist earlier. It's misty. Misty, sure. Um, so I'm drinking a very festive drink because I'm not quite ready to let the holidays go, even though I am into my New Year's goals. Yes. I am drinking a Canada Dry Cranberry Ginger Ale with both natural and artificial flavors. Can I say that we can, so we can expect just for the rest of this month that the What Are You Drinking Aaron will be... Like non-alcoholic drinks, so many. Despite the fact that that so the earlier thing you said it was the it was a sober January, which meant no drinks. But now you are giving yourself the opportunity to drink, but not on the show. It's not a good enough reason. <laughs> where we have a segment where you say what you're drinking. Not a good enough reason. The only reason I'm going to drink alcohol this month is if I feel like it'll be more work to explain to someone why I'm not drinking alcohol than to drink it but i've been doing that for like 10 years yeah but you never drink alcohol <laughs> yeah but this yeah but people don't know that i have to explain to them every single time I don't want and to... i have to explain it because if somebody else explains it it makes it sound like i'm a recovering alcoholic this is the thing i just like challenges but people don't understand that so if you say you're doing dry january then people are like oh are you an alcoholic is that why you need to not drink for a month <laughs> Or people make all these assumptions about you and they think that you're like a really type A, tight, tightly wound person. And it's really annoying. So I guess actually... <laughs> That's I... exactly what I have to deal with. 
so with I, her family also who's like, do you want a drink? And I'm like, I'll have a Pepsi. And they're like, oh, but it's Christmas. I'm like, oh, give me a Pepsi. Yeah, that's because they don't understand anything because they're old. <laughs> I just, okay. Give me a month of this. No, it's, I really wasn't going to drink at all. And then I've recently started dating again. And the one reason I stopped dating is because I got really, really tired of people telling me facts about myself that were untrue ah like oh when people try to analyze you yeah yeah telling me about how well see Aaron, you're the kind of person who yeah about how i'm insecure yeah. about how i need to believe in body positivity about how uh comedy is the most important thing in the world to me <laughs> about how, like see these are really weird yeah i know but i could also see someone saying them to you because that's what people People are dumb. You're like, here's a fact about myself. I'm like, ah, well, I'll extrapolate that out to... That is the only thing about yourself. Yeah. And so I've just... I don't want to tell people anything about myself until I meet them and they can actually get to know me and, like, draw their own conclusions yeah. from interacting with me as a human and, like, getting to know me. Yeah, that's fair. And so... <laughs> I don't think... I, I, on the other hand, I don't think you should be ashamed of, to, of, being, of being like, this. I'm, I'm taking a month off of drinking because I'm also doing a no spend, so it'll... Yeah, but if someone invites you out to a cocktail bar on a first date that they are paying for. Hmm. You should have told them before that. <laughs> yeah, by the time they make the plan, it's too late. <laughs> oh, I'm not drinking this month. Then they think I'm just trying to reject them. All right. You see my problems. So you're drinking ginger ale. Yeah, it's so good. It's cranberry. Cool. Which is a festive flavor. It is. Kevin? Yeah. You want some cranberry ginger ale? No, I'm going to keep my January moist. Gross. Gross. So we head to the wine tasting, uh, where Carter and Cursed pretty much this, is this scene they just banter. It's yeah, they a bantering have they scene. have great banter. It's adorable. Yeah, nothing else to say. They banter. I think they're supposed to have chemistry, but really they just seem like really good friends and really good like co-owners of this magazine, magazine. that they've somehow <laughs> taken over. Because Neither of them wanted. Julie has better problems. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this next night, I guess, because Seth brings Summer to the uh, the the party. And, mm -hmm. like, okay, so there's, a, like, a famous creator of a comic there, and he wants to meet Seth, and there's all these people there. There's people in marketing. There's people and in... And they just swarm Seth, and they love him. And I kind of thought the moment here would be Summer realizing that this is a big deal. But instead, she's just, like... I mean, he does abandon her immediately. Yeah, but I mean... But I mean, like, this, like... The, the show does a very bad job of making, like, Seth is choosing this over Summer. Because this is astounding, the things that he is, like, being given. Now, to be fair, this did happen off camera. But he did lie to her and tell her he was bringing her to an apology dinner. And then brought her to a party and then abandoned her immediately. Yeah, that is a very uh, subtle thing. Well, I I thought that he, he said... I The implication I got is that he that he had also planned that out. But then he also had to change that to a comic book thing. Possibly. Possibly. I think Both, he, neither, are, neither are great. And I think he also thought he would get to hang out with her, but he he doesn't he, he doesn't also doesn't understand that the what party he's is in. for him. Yeah. Yeah. Seth yeah. doesn't know how to be the center of attention. No. So Sandy works away on the defense and Ryan or no, Sandy's working on the defense. The kids come in. Before Marissa and Ryan get to show their hand, Trey gives a big old thank you speech, but everyone has worked so hard to be so kind yeah, to him. Yeah, kind of like an all his lost speech, like, hey, if the worst happened, just know that I'm really happy that you did this. And then Ryan goes, oh, no, we know who the drug dealer is, and we can get proof in, like, an hour and a half. 
So, so it's time to go get proof. That's right. Now, it, now the crime solving team is Ryan and Marissa and Trey Trains. and an adult. Finally, <laughs> there's one thing the show never has: is kids getting adult help when they need the, it. The, what, what I appreciate is that they got his help at the right time because they got it too early. He would have been like, "No, you can't do this." Yeah, but, but they got it at just the right time. They got they got the evidence they needed. They know who it is. And now they just need an adult to bring it home. So good job, kids. So this scene Speaking actually of adults. This scene actually makes me very, very, very sad. Yeah, so Julie goes to the Mermaid Inn, where Lance is staying. And first she drinks a juice glass full of whiskey. Yeah. And Lance reveals that he has already full stop planned the murder. Yeah, he could he he can get pills, and he's an old man. Like they can get, they can do that. Uh, we learned that uh, there was a prenup, but Julie's assuming that the porn scandal would nullify the prenup, which which means it was a bad prenup. Yeah, it's a prenup was like like because usually prenups are that if you have infidelity in the marriage, they would be annulled. Not if they're. You if, did something vaguely distasteful 19 years because, ago. Because that is entirely up to the opinion of the person. Like, if they if they learned that you were, a, I don't know, a temperance person, then yeah. they're like, oh, that's distasteful to me. Yeah. This is a bad prenup is the point. It's Julie, a, do better. Julie, get a lawyer. Sandy. Get Sandy. Get Sandy. <laughs> oh, Sandy would be so conflicted. I know. Because justice, but also Caleb, but also Caleb's been really evil now, so I think... Yeah, I think he's off being best friends with Caleb. Anyway, uh, so she writes him a check. And Lance is like, no, I'll do the murder for free. And Julie's like, the check is to make you go away, dummy. Yeah, it's mine to get out of town, because I know you are completely broke. (laughs) But he takes her to the door, and they have a goodbye... And she and, kisses him. And then photos are taken. Click, 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 click. And these chickens don't roost this episode, but I know the chickens are circling. Yeah. And I know that soon they're going to sit on their roosts. And I'm I not don't... sure what analogy you were doing there. The ch- your chickens have come home to roost. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean. Well, what are the chickens doing before they roost? I don't know. They're I... circling. <laughs> okay. The chickens are circling. Why is it so bad that your chickens have come home? Don't you want your chickens to come home? No, when your chickens come home to roost, it means that, I don't know, the reckoning is upon you. But if you're a farmer, you want those chickens to come home. Kevin, I didn't make the analogy. I hate this analogy. Well, come up with a better one. I, I don't know. The, 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 um, I, I just, what, the circling the drain one makes, makes more sense. No one wants to go down a drain. Some things want to go down the drain. What, what wants to go down a drain? Drano. It does not want to go down a drain. Its job is to go down that drain. And it wants to complete its job. You can't You can't ascribe those emotions to a fictional, not a fictional, a non-sentient object. You don't know what Drano wants. What about a human being who's been shrunk down to tiny size and is trying to escape a madman's science institute? Still doesn't want to go down the drain. Has to go down the drain to survive. Well, then what does it want? It wants to escape, preferably through a way that it's nice and easy to escape. Actually, preferably what they want is the first thing to never happen. My thought process is that if, you don't, if you're in a situation you don't want to be in, nothing you, you do after that is anything you want. It's things you have to do. I see. It's like Jigsaw in the Saw movies. You don't want to have to like cut a key out of your stomach, but you have to. Either way, you die. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen a Saw movie. No, the first one is good. 
Anyway, the chickens, they're coming. I guess speaking of chickens, uh, Carter and Kirsten are really bad at wine tasting. I mean, most of the time when you're wine tasting, you don't have to drive back to the OC afterwards. So you do drink all the wine. Well, no, you're not supposed to. I've been to a lot of wine tastings. I've never been given a bucket. No, but this is like a fancy high class wine. They even mentioned the bucket was there. They just stopped using it. Well, they don't have to use the bucket if they're not going anywhere. You use the bucket so you don't get drunk. I feel that's what the bucket is. I for. know it's yes, but I feel like they made them. They are bad. I feel like they made a mistake. Anyway, they are terrible. They are both too drunk to drive, so they must stay there. Is basically what it comes down to. They do. Oh. They do ask her to try to get a car, but the woman's like, "Oh, the OC." Uh, no, um, uh, I don't know. Maybe. And then they offer them a guest suite. Ooh. All right. So they go to the party. By they, I mean the kids. Yeah. Ryan and Marissa are going to the party, and it's a real fancy party with a velvet rope. Yeah, it has a list, but also in the wide shot we saw earlier with Sandy and Trey, it's also on the beach. You can just walk around it. Yeah, you could walk up from the beach. Like, Like, yeah. And I'm puzzled by what social group these kids belong to because i thought marissa was like the queen of harbor and i understand that and summer was remember they they had that whole um remember it was the first season but they had the whole thing where the four of them were like now uh four of them being uh luke seth summer and uh ryan had the one thing where like i guess none of us are popular anymore it wasn't summer no not summer sorry uh marissa yeah um and they all have that four walk up yeah, together. I re- well, I remember that, but I I guess I just I don't understand where the Mar- Marissa and Summer fall from grace came from, and why we don't like why Marissa didn't already know about this party because she's already a, she's still a cheerleader, she's still the head of the social committee, and yeah. she had lots of friends who came to her party. So I just I don't understand who these druggy well, I mean, the water kids pol- are. They're the water polo players. It sounds sounds like they're I both. guess that that's that's literally the because when um uh Jess is handing out the flyers they say water polo party then why is water polo team party now i understand that zach is at the comic book party instead also do you think zach likes those people I zach guess... is the nice kid in the in the water polo team i just i don't get the social stru- structure of harper yeah i think it makes sense i don't i don't get the fact that if jess was handing out posters how is there a list did she ask for all those people's names as she handed them a poster? Yeah, like, I don't get any of this. Anyway, Marissa's on the list. Ryan's not. Yeah. Well, I... well no, Kyle's specifically there and sees Ryan is like, no, that's the weirdo who talked to me. I think specifically they want pretty girls, no boys. So I think it's a fake list. <laughs> I mean, it can't be a real list. You can just walk around yeah. it. Anyway, Marissa, Marissa says very loudly, meet me at the side of the house. And it works, and, and it no works. one sees them. The guy who's clearly right in front of her is just like, all right, I like that. <laughs> Good. You, you put in the work, and that's what we that's wanted. What, that's what matters. You could also just walk around to the next house and go down to the beach and walk over. Whatever you There's want. There's so many people here. We don't know who they all are. <laughs> I also like to point out that Ryan sneaking in does not come up as a plot point. At all. At all. Well, there is a moment where a train of suspicious water polo players walk past Marissa and Ryan, and Marissa kind of steps close to Ryan. Well, th- this is that moment right now. In a right sexual now, tension way. They have, the, they have a close mouth moment. 
But really, it's just for sexual tension. Yeah. I don't think those boys are even noticing him. No, they don't care. No. Uh, but Jess uh, sees Marissa and likes her a lot more now that Jess is high. Jess is on mushrooms, I she's think. A, she seems to be on a lot of things. Yeah, but she loves Marissa now. All right, well, let's cut back to the Cooper Nichols house where Caleb sits in the shadowy dark. And is just a garbage human. Again. Yeah. So he he throws some shade at her. He touches her face asking if they're real tears. And he's he's about an inch away, I think, from also just eat, like eating a tear. Yeah. And then he is also an inch away from, I guess, just strangling her. But instead, he says, I've been thinking all day and I've decided. I've decided to give you a second chance. And then as Julie's like, what should I say? His response is the most douchebag vaggery response i've ever heard you should say thank you now go put on something nice i'll take you out for dinner i'm like julie now you should divorce him yeah he's garbage he's real bad and then he walks off with a stern look on his face and he's clearly planning something julie you go get a lawyer and file those papers now and that lawyer is sandy <laughs> and he will do it yeah i mean he's busy right now but in <laughs> but- two hours also, he's not a divorce lawyer, but when has that ever stopped you? He does all the law. Uh, <sighs> we have to come back to Carter and Kirsten, and mostly it's just a lot more banter. And then Carter's like, I'm going to have to take a shower, and takes off his shirt as he, as he passes Kirsten. That's and pretty much Kirsten it. Kirsten has the feels, but yeah. then she calls Sandy. Yeah, yeah. Uh Trey, before we get to her calling him, we, right just before that moment, we yeah. get Trey and Sandy bonding a little bit. Trey admits that he was planning on running. And Sandy is like, don't run to Canada. So many bad things happen. <laughs> don't do that. Just trust me. It just It's not worth it. Like, it's a good moment of, of just, <laughs> well, Trey doesn't quite get it. But Sandy is like, I've dealt with people running from crimes before. It doesn't work. Not worth it, dude. You're going to come back. Your dad's going to be dead. You're going to try to fall in love with me. And then it's just not going to work. Now, Kirsten calls him and explains that she can't drive back. Yeah. And we have a moment... Where I remember this TV show takes place in 2005 and was written in 2005. Yeah. Because our sweet, wonderful Sandy Cohen says, oh, you can't drive home because you had a bit too much of the Indian spirit, huh? Thank you, 2005. They, yeah, they are at a Native American, like, Oh yeah, wine it's, ta- it's a Native American wine tasting because they have the, they have the chief and they have a yes, and thing. he's he doesn't come to the tasting and they banter about whether or not he's a myth. Yeah, I I I thought that was literally the name of the wine actually. Oh, did you? I thought that was. I sure hope so. Be- well, yeah, because like yeah, I mean, I don't think they said the name of the winery before. I don't Maybe think they did, it was, but it, but it is a Native American winery. Yes, like that is their that is their shtick. It said effectively. So, and I would not be surprised if like. To cater towards, like, that audience, they were like, yeah, fine, Indian spirit. So, anyway, he tells her, that's fine, you guys should not drink and drive, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> she was like, like, man, I've never heard anyone, like, be fine with, uh, you know, uh, you know, letting someone s- uh, stay with another man. And I wanted Sandy's reply to be like, but it's Carter, you don't understand. It's Carter's, Carter. Carter's so cool, man. He's the coolest man alive. He's, like, subversive and does exposés and he's, like, drinks a lot and he has a beard. But what Sandy says instead is, meh, married for 25 years. <laughs> I've been married for 25 years. You know, like... It's like, you know, you don't worry about these things. Meanwhile, cut to Kirsten, who's also been married married for 20 years, just being like, uh. 
Thank goodness for Kirsten. There's a knock on the door. The concierge has found a car. And Kirsten is conflicted by this news. Like, uh, I'll, I'll give you a call. <laughs> then she goes right back to the bed and sits down and just like... Stares uh, into the night. <laughs> Does Kirsten want to do things with Carter? Or is she just worried that she'll like lose control of herself and do things with him? I'm really not sure. I don't know because she also didn't want him dating Aaron who probably would have solved all these problems. But she also doesn't want to date him. Well, I mean, let, let's just continue on with that scene. Yeah. Because... Eventually Carter comes out and he's like, so, I mean, there's another, like, uh, there's a there's a hers there. You could have a shower as well. You could also this. be comfortable because you look like you're going to break into a thousand pieces. And then curse of the pie is, Carter, we can't do this. They found us a car. We need to take it. <laughs> and I feel like we're supposed to feel a little bit from Carter being like, maybe he was trying to. But like, I don't feel like he was. <laughs> I feel like he's like, Okay. I'll like, go put my clothes back on. Yeah, and, and like, but Kirsten certainly twisted it into being like, Carter, you can't keep coming on to me. We can't do this. When she set up everything. Yeah. And poor sad Carter. Like, he, like, Aaron would have been great for him. They got along so well. He really liked her because he asked her to go to the vineyard. Yeah. And then Kirsten needs to leave Carter alone. Yeah. You're ruining his life. He's already so sad. He's And he has such a beard, and it's not a great beard. No, no. So that's the end of that storyline. So we head back to the um, the party, uh, and the marketing guy, like, okay, apparently he wants to make Atomic County uh, the main push for this publisher. Yeah. He Video wants games. everything. Video games, merchandise, t-shirts, action figures, and Seth is, like, really overwhelmed by all of this until they mention a TV show. Yeah, that's, that's something he can handle. He can, like, oh. oh. And he could see how his comic, like, oh, a comic gets adapted into a TV show. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. He, video games, he also was a little bit more, because he, like, he understood video games. Yeah, but then they got to the merch they, and the... They said sent to NASCAR, and he's like, I don't understand any of that. Um, And then he says, oh, could the TV show be live action, or could it be animated? <laughs> and the guy says, both. I'm like, you can't say that. You can't just say that. <laughs> and Seth goes, hmm. <laughs> Clearly the marketing guy just knows how to talk. But, I mean, of all the people there, it seems like that could legitimately happen. Apparently there are filmmakers there and there yeah. are animators there. And So, unfortunately, Summer comes on in because she hates the party. She loudly explains that she doesn't like these people. She they does drink, not like hipsters. They drink wine for fun. And they play board games. I love that, by the way. I love that party. That party is my jam. And I was like, so they're me? Yeah, they're me. <laughs> well, so, so she's like, I, I hate this. And then, like, uh, Reed takes a moment to throw some shade at Summer because she clearly overhears it. So, you know what? The toast that is given is shitty. Yeah. Let's raise a toast to Atomic County and people. Oh, what? The r- real Miss Vixens to, who support it. No, she calls them garbage people, though. Um, I don't think she does. She does. She implies that the people who, who cause Seth to write Atomic County suck. And that's why Summer decides to leave. Um, it was really mean. I mean, Summer was also being very mean. Yeah, but Summer is 16 and Reed is a grown woman. I'm not sure she is anymore. <laughs> Let's just be clear. I'm not sure she is. But that doesn't change the fact that, that, is, that they're both just being very, very bad. 
Anyway, Zach is leaving, so Summer leaves with him, and Zach... I, I do want to say that, like, Seth, as he's going after um uh, Summer, he does say to her that it's like, you didn't even try, you never want to be involved in this. Like, I, he, like, I tried to get you involved, you said no, and I'm like, that's a fair point. Also, this is really blowing up now, apparently. Although, are all these people just throwing smoke at him? It's Probably. Har- I don't know, it's hard to, like, why it's would hard they, to tell. why would they do that for him? Why? What do they get out of it? Because he already is give, like is making the comic the comic book yeah. for, or the graphic novel for them. Like it's one of those things where why? I just if they are like twenty three or twenty four, I yeah. remember being that age. I remember being at parties, people being like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have a TV show where we tour around Spain, and then we go to the Spain Olympics, and then this happens, and we we have all this funding from Discovery Canada, and and then you know it goes on yeah. and on, and it turns out, and yeah, you can do this for us, and you can do this for us, and and like drawing up storyboards, and then it turns out that they had just like submitted a pitch for a grant. But I mean, the difference is that this is like this is like legitimately because uh, Carter was the one who put them in contact with this. He works for an actual- yeah, but I still think it's an up and coming company, so I don't know that they can necessarily. I don't know they, they they said one of the people there is like a was a very famous. It just it seems like they're spitballing, and I mean they are like like clearly a lot of that stuff is not stuff that's going to happen. And I I don't think Seth has the capacity to understand what is spitballing and what is hopes and what is actually going to happen. Yeah, but that doesn't change the fact that, like, they are – there's a lot of stuff being, like, essentially just being, like, like given to this kid. Yeah. I, I don't think any of it's being given to him, to him other than the possibility that they may develop his graphic novel. I, I think the rest of it is all – I I think – I don't know. I, I, I think that it's – that it's – yeah. Anyway, uh, so Summer leaves with Zach uh, – and they're going to go play board games. And I think we're supposed to, like, see that and be like, huh, they're going to the boardroom to play board games. What are these lame people? And I'm like, that sounds awesome. Zach does give Seth a really weird look when he leaves with he, Summer. He gives him a look like, I planned all this. And no, he didn't. He's just around when things are happening. And he's over, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I think Zach's look maybe would. With- Michael Cassidy thinks he's doing is giving a see Seth I told you the comic book would work out look but I don't know if that's what's coming across I don't know <laughs> anyway um, so we get the uh, uh, we get some more teen detecting going on uh, Jess arrives apparently Kyle's going to give Marissa a discount but he wants an introduction because he thinks she's pretty and I'm like your rela- I don't want to get into your relationship and with so you and Jess. Jess brings her to Kyle. Marissa's kind of like, I don't want your discount. <laughs> I also don't want your other D. I don't want any of this. Yeah. It's and it's a weird moment because like Jess like comes up and then like, you know, kisses Kyle and then just like, Alright, have fun with your Drugs. Drugs and sex and forcing yourself on this girl. For but drugs. Don't worry. Ryan's there. And he's going to have none of it. Because, well, he gave the call to Sandy beforehand. Yeah. And then Ryan gets another bitch thrown at him. Yep. And then there is another. So this, this is just the evil version of Luke. There's some more punching on the beach yep. by a fire. Yep. The cops arrive. Also, Tom arrives. Because I guess Sandy set that up, too. And Kyle's about to run away into the night. But then Trey, who is also in the cop car... 
opens the door. Also, where is Kyle going to go? He's at he's his house. And he's on a beach. They would just get in the cars and slowly drive beside me like, you going to stop? Where, where you are you going, stop? buddy? Because these are cars that can go on the sand. Yeah. They're like dune buggies. Yeah. They didn't need to be on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so they find drugs in Tom's pocket. And to be Not fair. Not Tom, sorry. Uh, Kyle. Ryan maybe should have tussled. I, nothing's going to come of this. But yeah. Ryan should have tussled with him left less because kyle does say they're not mine he planted them on me yeah which he very well could have yeah but, but I, he didn't yeah um, i mean there's they're, they're, what they're not going to have is probably not going to have ryan's fingerprints but they're definitely going to have kyle's fingerprints that's true no one's to... wiping anything clean why did he wipe the drugs clean at marissa's party i assume he's just overdosed oh so he hid them he clearly is a jerk like jess jess apparently sees no problem that her boyfriend gave her enough drugs to make her overdose and he then he ran and didn't like care for her at all that's true i guess he must have been like oh no she's overdosed wipe 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 into this potted plant just also does not seem like a great person she's not (laughs) not uh so tom is like well guess i can drop all charges because him's the drug dealer no i'm gonna say first of all i was like this seems just as flimsy of reasons as the other way around but then i realized no no no, it's not about uh, kyle being um committed for a crime for uh uh jess it's that it raises more reasonable doubt in in trey's case. trey's case because yeah. a drug dealer was at the party and the drugs that he has now are the, the same, same drugs. drugs so it's not more it's not about convicting tom at the other party yeah. it's about that that trey has a reason now why he's not the only suspect suspect and there's a way better suspect yeah a dro- literal drug dealer yeah so then sandy's like well i better get to bed you guys want to ride home? And then Trey's like, I would like to go to my house, please. And I guess they take Sandy's car. I don't know where Sandy... Sandy's going in the cop car that he was oh. driving. Oh, right. He has to return it. <laughs> Borrow this and the plate's got to return it. Yeah. So Marissa and Ryan drive Trey home. And then they're alone in the car. And they have so many feels. And then they finish the kiss they were going to have last episode at the house. And then Marissa's like, dude... It's been so long since we were able to kiss. I'm not doing it in a car. And let's be clear. She is very much insinuating, let's go bone. And Ryan likes it. (laughs) All right. Well, let's go to my pool house to bone. And they're like, ooh, off they go. (laughs) Off they go. And that would be a beautiful end to the episode. But wait. (laughs) So Jess is there, arrives in Trey's house. Jess is in his house before he's in his house. So she broke into his house, but Jess, why would you go there? (laughs) Why do you know where his house is? Well, I mean, I presume he told her at some point, like, I live, like, over here. Because he he wanted to bring her home with him. But Kevin, she was on so many drugs that she overdosed. Oh, no, her mind is sharp as a tack. Okay. When she's on drugs. She's also on a bunch of drugs right now. (laughs) She only remembers where he lives when she's on drugs. I, I was mostly get, getting toward the, the, the point of, like, Jess, what if he didn't come home? Yeah, <laughs> You're what just if... going to squat in his house for a few days till he comes back. What if he went back to the Cohen house? He may have wanted to. Anyway, uh, so he he's like, you broke into my house. And then she thanks him for not turning her in. And he says, I didn't need to. They already have a drug dealer. Yeah. It makes it sound like, like oh, man, he really covered for her. But, like, no, he didn't unless she provided her own drugs which which i mean no but we know that she helped her boyfriend deal drugs they go through her to get to her boyfriend the thing is that he didn't was the one who didn't turn her in marissa didn't turn her in 
Yeah. Marissa was the one with the evidence. They just yeah. decided that Kyle was a better one than than Jess. But apparently this is supposed to be a, like a gray moment for Trey. Trey. And I think really he's just like, this woman's crazy, but I mean, she's not dying. I'm fine with this. Whatever. I am drinking this beer. She would like to talk she also to really, me. She also really did look up uh, look up uh, with him, like like information on him. Like, oh, he did really get out of jail. I guess that's how she knows where he lives. He does. He does say also like, like, like I like talking with you, which feels he's being serious, and, and but she's, she's like, being, Ooh. talk is another word for sex. So this is the beginning of Trey's downroller spiral. I, I guess because of Jess. Jess. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to feel from this ending, other than just absolute confusion. Yeah, I am puzzled. Trey did not cover for her, unless if there's something they haven't revealed to us like, that's supposed to be like a setup to reveal something. But we know she's dealing drugs. Yeah, there's no. We know that that's not a reveal. And we know that they didn't have sex, but they did have some hookup. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Th- throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment that dove off the edge of the pier, just like those boys, Kyle and other unnamed boy, only to complete some underwater drug deals and come back in the guise of drama, a.k.a. Kyle's pool party, beach party? I did. And my moment is a moment we actually haven't talked about. But it's when Kirsten and Carter spill some wine on his shirt. So he has to take off his primary shirt. (laughs) And then later, his secondary shirt. So many shirts. (laughs) But he also could have just only had one shirt and just taken off the one shirt when he went to shower. (laughs) The extra development of the wine and then Kirsten tries to clean his shirt, but it's wrecked. She can't get the wine. It's just. There's a lot of shirts and wine involved. It's just fluff. (laughs) Just wine shirt fluff. Maybe I'm just upset because I can't have wine. Well, I mean, it's misty, Aaron. Can't have wine. That's fair. Kevin. Yeah. Did you find a CW moment? I did. My CW moment is Trey's whole, like, just so you know, uh, if it doesn't work out speech. Because he's there with Ryan and Marissa. He has to, they have to have given him a rundown before that, that happened. He came in with them. They <laughs> came in as a team. He knew what was going, but he's like, I got to take a moment very quickly here. I know you have, like, evidence. Because you don't think they ran like, hey, Trey, we might know who the real drug, drug dealer is. Come with us. We got to talk to Sandy. Or do you think they're like, Trey, development, come into the main house. Well, but either way, if that the one you just had happened, that's still a CW moment. Because why wouldn't why, why would wouldn't they you, tell him? Why wouldn't you tell him? Why wouldn't he he walked in, he's like... This seems like a good moment for me to give my defeatist speech. This show has, like, this particular episode has been a big episode of people not discussing things for way too long I, so they can discuss them on camera. I have a lot of, uh, I, had, I had a few moments that I had checked off as CW moments. There's a, had, there's a few moments in this episode, which by far was a pretty good episode, mm-hmm. that just, like, were for dramatic reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, if you cut all those out, this episode would have been, like, 20 minutes long. So short. <laughs> You wouldn't have had barely any of that Christian Carter storyline. <laughs> yeah, which is mostly just a lot of banter stuff. Though the yeah. banter was important banter to, get, was fun. to get things out, but like the The problem is Christian and Carter have no sexual chemistry. No. They just seem like really good working buddies. And we already had said the thing earlier where Carter was like, look, I don't want to. I don't want to get in your way. But I then, like your family. But then Kirsten keeps putting him in these situations. Kirsten can't control herself. 
Which, and it, once again, we talked about this earlier. It's so weird to put this so close to the end. Well, no, the Sandy. Um, oh, Rebecca, Rebecca yeah. Rebecca story. Because if, if that had, if Sandy Rebecca had been like beginning of the season or last season, then this is the season, then they'd be far, far enough apart that like you wouldn't draw the parallels. Remember last season, he also almost cheated on her. With that blonde girl, the blonde lawyer. Yeah, but I, I think <laughs> I think that was less than Rebecca, though. Which that. actually would be a better parallel to this Carter thing. It would be. But, uh, I mean, but the one from last season, also, he clearly never had any interest in her. That woman just loved him. Oh, she uh, did love him. It was, that was the same thing with Rebecca, but he had more of an interest in Rebecca, I think, subtextually. Yeah. That, like, he, he even he didn't realize that, like, he was still feeling well, these he things he had once had an interest in her, whereas blonde girl was just blonde girl. Yeah. Yeah, just a woman there. Yeah. Yeah. They're not so good at, like... <laughs> I wish I could remember any of these characters' names. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They don't know how adults can be sexy. <laughs> like, have you ha- seen any adults have any chemistry other than Kristen and Sandy? N- no. No. Like, not even Jimmy and... Uh, Kristen? Haley. Oh, Jimmy and Haley. I forgot about that. Yeah, even that, like, that was... That felt like they were just two people having fun. Yeah. And less of, like... Having their boat life. Chemistry. Whereas, like, Ryan and Marissa actually like are drenched with chemistry I almost feel every like, time they almost kiss i'm a little bit like oh please I almost, I almost feel like they didn't they they don't keep on testing sandy and um kirsten's relation like um marriage i wish they gave them other storylines mm-hmm. but 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 once again it is a very it's, an, it's a soap opera yeah it's a soap opera it is about relationships and it's about things like that but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's just funny yeah all right. Well, hey, uh, if you liked that episode, you should give us a rating, review, subscription on Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you find our podcast. And also talk to us about chemistry, both the science and the life science. Yes. Uh, t- talk us to, to us about boron and uh, helium. And, and describe to why us. Why am I just saying gases? Because <laughs> th- those are the elements you know. Aluminum. I know other elements, but the first one. The first thing to mind are always gases. The gases are easy. Yeah. My one that first comes to mind is always carbon. Mine's always boron. Why boron? Boron, yeah, boron is, you know, no, it's boron. It's boron's first one to come up. Boron is a is an element, right? I keep saying it. It better be an element. Boromir. Nope. That's a Lord of the Rings. It has an on at the end of it, which makes me think it's uh. <laughs> well, anyway, you can talk to us about science, or you can talk to us about what you think the members of uh, Death Cab for Cutie look like. Either way, we've got some social medias for that. That's Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA at Instagram, at Twitter, and also on the email, PodcastMOA at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, don't forget, Kevin wrote a book, and one of your 2019 goals should be to read his book. And his book is called Endless Hunger. Boron is a metallic element. Cool. What is Caleb planning? What kind of trouble will Jessica tray into? How can I get an invite to one of these cool hipster board game creative type parties? Well, that's just all this and more next time on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>